is down in Temple at uh, Wings Pizza and Things, getting ready for the Scott Stewart Show that's coming up on our sister station, Fox Sports Central Texas. Our poll question today talking about the Cowboys. Uh, how many wins will the Cowboys get, plus or minus on the ni- of the number nine? Todd down in Meridian, or up in Meridian rather, says the Cowboys will get 11. So he's on the plus side of uh, those nine wins. All right, uh, we are talking Baylor and Kansas and have been all week getting you ready for the uh, conference opener. We're joined now by Scott Chasen from Kansas 247 Sports. Scott, first of all, good afternoon. Thanks. Appreciate your time today, buddy. Thanks for having me. Let's uh, let's dive into this thing and let's talk a, a little bit about uh, Baylor and, and KU. And, and, and first talk about the resurgence of the program, and, and clearly that's what's going on with Coach Leopold. Yeah, I think there's a, a newfound energy. And look, if you know you were just scoreboard watching, that especially for the game against Coastal Carolina, I understand why people would say, "Oh, it's the same old Kansas." They struggled with an FCS team, uh, and then you know got beat pretty badly by Coastal Carolina. But uh, I would tell anyone to look a little closer at that game. It was a six-point game in the third quarter. Kansas went 0 of five on fourth down. Kansas only punted twice in that game. Uh, it was a lot of little margin stuff that really made. Uh, the difference in that final margin. That was not a game that was a 40-point game the whole time. And, you know, Kansas got a couple garbage-time touchdowns to make things look, you know, cosmetically better. Uh, That was a battle for about three-and-a-half quarters or uh, for about two-and-a-half quarters into the third quarter, which for Kansas last year, I I mean, every game it felt like was a 40-point blowout loss and the team was hopeless and helpless. Uh, I'd argue the team took a big step forward last week, and I think you see that. With the respect given to Kansas, the betting line for KU Baylor opened at 14 or something like that. It's up to 17 now. But, uh, you know, I, I do think there's new energy. I think the players really like Lance Leipold. I think uh, they've really taken to him his philosophies. I think, um, you know, I think Kansas thinks it has found a quarterback in Jason Bean, who's a, a dual-threat guy, and I think, uh, I think fans are excited. A lot of them showed out for that first game, and I would expect a pretty good crowd in Lawrence this week too. What is the difference in this offense with the explosive plays this year? They've had 17, 25 or more yards uh, going into these two games. That's, I mean, that's a lot of explosive plays for two games for a team that, that really didn't have that opportunity over the past couple of years. Yeah, well, I can actually clarify some of the number stuff. So that, that 17 number was actually uh, their number for all of last year, which is insane how uh, – you know, bad that is for just nine games to have only, uh, I believe, 17 plays of, of 25 yards or more, and they had five, comparatively speaking, last game. So you almost had a third of that production from an entire season. Uh, you almost had that happen in one game. And, and you know, I, I think Kansas can be explosive in a few ways. Jason Bean is not like a quarterback Kansas has had because he's incredibly mobile. He was a, a track guy in high school. He's super fast. You'll, you know, everyone will get the chance to see that on, you know, this coming week. But He's also able to move around and then launch a deep ball. You know, he found three different receivers for passes of 35 or more yards. Uh, Kansas did almost no deep ball throwing last year, in part because the offensive line was bad, uh, and in part because, you know, they didn't think they had the quarterback play to to routinely place the ball downfield accurately. And I think that's changed. Now, the one thing that's missing uh, for Kansas's offense right now and why things have not looked good, I mentioned 0-5 on fourth down, so... They were getting into positions where they felt like, hey, a fourth down away and you're scoring, um, you know, or you're right on the edge of that kind of scoring range, but they weren't able to cash in. And the reason why right now is the run game. Uh, You know, Kansas has adopted this wide zone, outside zone, whatever you want to call it, running game uh, under Lance Leipold. And, you know, quite frankly, with only a fall to implement it, it hasn't looked good. I I don't think the the offensive line 
uh, even the tight end spot, and sometimes the running backs uh, yet have this full grasp on how to run it. So at times it looks ugly. At times you see a running back who looks like he should get stopped for a two-yard loss, try and make a play, and now it's an eight-yard loss. And you're wondering, you know, this was supposed to be a run play, a pretty high percentage, you know, don't lose yards play. How did this happen? So I think Kansas is still learning in that way. And I think those kinds of plays have helped down the offense. But again, to the point, uh, this Kansas offense has the potential to do so much more uh, because it has a better offensive line, a better quarterback, and I think better playmakers at the running back spot. Puka Williams was obviously there last year and he was great. But there was so much instability, not only with Pukaway and leaving midseason, but injuries with health issues. I don't think you have that as much this year. There have been a couple health issues. But, uh, but I think the two top names are Velton Gardner and Devin Neal. And I think Kansas feels great about both of those guys. You, you mentioned the running backs. H- has one of them emerged? I noticed that, you know, Bean is your leading rusher. And uh, I was just kind of looking to see if one of the uh, KU running backs has kind of emerged as the guy. Yeah, I think not yet, just because of what I mentioned, the the wide zone, and and they're still trying to figure it out. You know, Velton Gardner's issue in the wide zone is he's a kind of elusive, shifty kind of guy. I've made the comment that uh, he plays like he wears a a pedometer and not an odometer, so he's more concerned about his steps and direction as compared to getting north-south, and that's great. But in the wide zone, you need to be able to take one step and cut up field, and sometimes that means hey, there's no way I'm going to gain yards. I need to make sure I don't run backward trying to make a play. And that's kind of been his issue. Uh, Devin, Neal only got one carry in the first game. Really surprised a lot of us. I think we all thought uh, as media covering this team that he was going to get more use, and he certainly did in the second game. You know, there was a stretch where he got five straight carries. I think one of them was wiped off by a hold. Uh, but that ended with him scoring a touchdown. He's a four-star back. He's the, the highest-rated recruiting program history, according to the 24-7 sports rankings. So uh, I expect Devin Neal to continue to emerge throughout the year. But I think the thing right now is just for them, it's understanding this blocking scheme. Until they do that, the Kansas running backs will not be putting up good numbers. And Jason Bean at quarterback will continue to be that leading rusher just because there isn't that that understanding yet of how to run wide zone properly. Uh, I do think it will happen at some point this year. I don't know if, if if it will be this early in the season. Uh, but I do think at some point this year it'll start to click, and then you'll see that Kansas run game take off. Does it feel like that you can see the culture changing already with this team? I know it's got a long way to go because it takes time to get that done. But just watching them on film, it, they feel like that they're playing with more confidence. They are playing downhill on the defensive side of things. Is it starting to turn in the right direction? I think it is. Now, I, I think there's some projection um, there, you know, when, when, you know, I look at it and I see what they could be and they have to continue to take those steps. But it, it just seems to me that you have a coaching staff now that's more engaged in all areas. Um, I think Kansas had some good coaches before, many of whom, or at least a few of whom are still uh, on campus. But uh, this staff, the, the former Buffalo coaches who came in, the thing with them has been like teaching, attention to detail. It, it, they've been a lot more kind of instructor coaches Uh, and maybe recruiting second as compared to recruiting first and instructor second. And I think Kansas still does have some good recruiters on its staff, which is obviously important when you build up a Power 5 program. But what they have now are are almost like some technicians and guys who have their whole career taken under-recruited, maybe under-talented, undersized players and said, now how do I get these guys to compete with Power 5 programs? And so what they're doing now is, is just kind of installing and instilling that approach and that culture 
um, with the current group, and I, I think that's the biggest positive you see. You know, players who have been at Kansas for a long time, who maybe have always played because of their athleticism, uh, they're learning new ways to do things, and I think that's really exciting for them. I think it's exciting for the fan base, and I think it's part of why, you know, I expect this Kansas team to get better and better as the year goes on. Scott, uh, we've talked a lot about the offense, and rightfully so. Where do, where do you see this defense right now two games into uh, into the regime? Well, the defense looked great in the first game, uh, about as good as I can remember a Kansas defense playing, and the second game was a definite struggle. You know, it was – granted, Coastal Carolina is a really hard team to match up against just because of all the option stuff they throw at you. They've got a quarterback who got a Heisman vote last year, third place at least, um, and, and who will probably be in that conversation kind of continuing on. But they're, they're sort of a tricky offense, so I think the thing is you don't really know where it is right now. Um, I think it's probably somewhere in between, uh, given that they've played an FCS team and a kind of, I don't want to call it a gimmick offense because it's not that. It's, it's a very good offense. It's just different than what you'll normally see. But I think Kansas has a lot of defensive line talent, which I don't think has always been the case. I think that's really important for them. I think their linebackers are sort of growing into their role. And I think the secondary has a bunch of question marks, not because of a lack of talent, but just because of how many young guys are playing. Like, there's Kenny Logan back there at safety. I think everyone feels great about him. And then next to him, he's got a super senior Ricky Thomas. I think people feel pretty good about him. Uh, you look at the cornerbacks, you know, you might be starting Romello Dotson, who's in his second year, or Deuce Mayberry, who had never started a game before this year, or Jeremy Webb, a transfer from Missouri State, or Jacoby Bryant, who is a freshman. And you even look at the sub-package DBs, the backup safeties, and they're both true freshmen, Jason Gilliam, O.J. Burroughs. These are guys who before this year had you know, been at the high school level. So uh, to me, there are a lot of question marks kind of more and more back you get of that defense, which has made it vulnerable and made it very vulnerable uh, in that Coastal Carolina game. So I think they're still figuring some things out. But uh, what they showed in the first game really impressed me, especially with that pass rush. Uh, Kyron Johnson and Malcolm Lee up front are the two names to know on the defensive line. Uh, I think they're in for a big year. Let's change gears for just a second, Scott. Uh, the, uh, the the conference on Friday announced the addition of four teams uh, to the league with uh, BYU, Houston, uh, Central Florida, and, and Cincinnati. What was your overall thoughts when, when that came down, and, and what, what has been the response in the, uh, in the Sunflower State? Well, look, I think Kansas, like the other schools, uh, is grateful for Big 12 stability. Because quite frankly, before those additions, I don't think there was much of it. I, I don't think there was much of an avenue um, without adding teams for the conference to stay together. So I think they're happy about that. I think they're grateful for that. And I think um, long term, they appreciate that. But, you know, Travis Goff also made comments to media uh, this Friday ahead of the Coastal Carolina game where he basically said Kansas is going to continue to do what's best for Kansas. And the implication would seem to be that that would include looking at other conferences like the Big Ten and the ACC. So um, I think in the short term, Kansas, or excuse me, the Big 12 uh, found great partners, great new members. I think they bring something football-wise, basketball-wise, fan base-wise, media market-wise, uh, just getting new eyeballs uh, on the conference. I think the Big 12 did about as good a job as you can do of that. But, you know, long term, I think it remains to be seen if, you know, and, and how many of these teams still – that, that were Big 12 members previously decide to stick around uh, versus, you know, if there are a few that get offers from other conferences. Uh, 12 now, do you see it growing? 14, maybe 16 before it's all said and done? 
I think that would be the smartest way to handle it because it would give you the most stability. Uh, not only if someone were to leave the conference, but you know, at least to me, this thing for the longest time has felt like eventually it's heading you know, to a few super conferences. And I think the more and more schools you can bring in, the more and more chance uh, or the greater and greater chance that you aren't going to be left on the outside of that, uh, which is probably the ultimate goal. So, uh, yeah, I think just for more stability, it wouldn't hurt to bring in a couple more on top of that. And I know reports have said like Memphis and, and Boise State might be a couple that they've uh, you know, either looked at or considered or whatever. But, you know, it, it wouldn't shock me if expansion continued a little bit past 12. Hey, if it's Boise State, they got to play all their conference games on the road. I, I can't deal with that big field, <laughs> man. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Hey, hey Scott, what are, you, uh, what are you working on for uh, Kansas 247 Sports right now? Well, it's a lot of basketball this week. Boot camp is underway, and, and we'll have some football game, uh, game coverage and preview stuff too. But boot camp is here, so – uh, KU basketball season kickoff is right around the corner. Scott, as always, it's a pleasure. Thanks, uh, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Talk to you soon. That is Scott.